0: Welcome to Single Minded. We are here to flip the script on being single, whether you're dating, not dating, dating yourself or just having fun. You are welcome here. I am your host, Hannah First and my mum, Linda, who joins us every week. Hi, Linda. Hi, Hannah. Hi, everyone. (laughs) She always, um, you take a bit of time to warm up. I've been recording all day on the podcast, so like I'm ready to go. Uh, How are you feeling?
1: I've lit my tropical gardenia lumira candle to relax me.
0: To get you in the mood. So if you're new here, the way that each episode rolls is me and my mum have a chat about the topic and today's topic is all about spirituality and dating mindfully, which mum, just before we started recording, was like, sorry, I don't believe in that. Sorry, that'll be interesting for you to chat about. (laughs) And then I have a guest coming on. Her name is Bonnie Chance. She is a life coach. She will tell you all about herself when we get onto the interview. But her and I met in Thailand, my favorite place in the whole world. And mum, you'll love this. We did a women's, this women's circle on New Year's Eve, and we wrote down, all this stuff and then we burnt it and did like a meditation burnt,
1: was, burnt what your bra we
0: <laughs> no, we burnt our letters to ourselves oh, to let goodness. go of the past year
1: okay and
0: then to you so
1: know, not me
0: not you at all so the topic is really around I guess spirituality and Mum, what's your views on spirituality and how that kind of relates to dating.
1: I just don't even understand it. I mean, I've Googled it and it says in general it includes a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves. Well, we are the only biggest thing in the world, not really, and it it involves a search for meaning in life, so that's fine. I mean, for me, I don't have any sort of really spirituality or religion. I'm a bit black and white. So, Probably not good, but I got by. Because
0: the whole episode we basically talked about Thailand. What do you think of um my little spiritual trips to Thailand? I
1: would see them as it's like my little trips to the Golden Door. It's, <laughs> a, it's a reset, bit of exercise, bit of healthy no, eating. No. But the spiritual portion of the Golden Door <laughs> is insane one time dad and i went we had to lie on the floor everyone lay on the floor and had to laugh out loud we were so embarrassed it was it was insane Sorry. so no i'm not that kind of person. so you know what we got married we had kids we ran a business we were too busy to think about ourselves in that okay. way but good luck to you <laughs>
0: So I love that you talk about the fact that you had to lie down and what well, you had to. So the golden door for anyone listening is it's kind of like a health wellness retreat in New South, a South retreat. Wales. Yeah. So it's and, great, sorry.
1: great food and exercise, a <laughs> little bit of massage thrown in. <laughs> But their but, spiritual evening, seriously, one night it was watching, what was that terrible movie, The Promise? Was it The Promise? What oh, was it called? Oh, The
0: Secret. The Secret. The
1: Secret. Kill me now.
0: So The Secret is actually manifestation. So manifestation is all about, I guess, if you think about something in a certain way, it'll come into your life. So you manifest it. Well, I'm sorry, guessing sister, no. but that ain't happening. <laughs> You would really hate the place in Thailand because the cacao ceremony that we do, you you drink a sip of cacao and you set your intention and then you dance like a wild animal. It's worse than laughing out loud. Yeah,
1: that sounds worse.
0: I want to take you there one day and make you do all the activities.
1: Uh, No. (laughs) No, those activities I will not participate in.
0: <laughs> so the crux of the conversation in terms of dating, though, was around this whole thing called high vibrational energy. And I'm going to guess that you don't know what that's about. I do
1: not know what that is about. Well,
0: you actually, when I explain it to you, you might kind of understand what okay. I'm talking about. I'll
1: open my <laughs> mind right now.
0: So, oh, you know, when I'm in Melbourne and I'm really closed off and I don't want to date and I don't because my vibrational energy is really low.
1: Or can we just call it energy?
0: <laughs> so so I don't attract a guy that's on my same mm. – let's, let's call it wavelength. Okay. I don't attract men into my life that are on my wavelength because I'm not on that wavelength. But when I go to Thailand and I lift my vibrational energy, I call it high-vibing energy. That but isn't, I...
1: isn't that just you're in a good mood, you're in time. No. you're relaxed, you're eating healthy, no. you, you, you've got a grip on no. life,
0: you're happy. No, I think it's, well, kind of, I guess so. It's really about... That's kind of the crux of it. So, you kind of, so you must agree.
1: I might agree, but you're calling it something too wacky. Like, <laughs> let's be real.
0: High vibration is actually part of Law of Attraction. So, that movie, Watch the Secret, is all about high vibrations and low vibrations. So, I'm going to read you out this thing on the internet. Everything is composed of energy and it varies in both quantity and quality. Most importantly, whether you have low or high vibration can influence the way in which you use the Law of Attraction. Your vibration can impact on how successfully you manifest your goals. The higher your vibration, the more authentic you are and the more capable you'll be of tuning into what you really want and then manifesting it in the world. So basically what that's saying is when I'm in Thailand and I'm high vibrational, I'm attracting the kind of man that I want to manifest into my life.
1: Is that true? Has that really happened? I don't (laughs) think so.
0: (laughs) It's because I don't spend enough time in Thailand to find out. Maybe there's another word for it, Linda. What about mindful dating? Because I know you've done a bit of research on this. I
1: like the word mindful. I think don't try to reinvent yourself.
0: Well, no, this is the thing, Mum, is that I don't feel I can mindfully date when I am not in that, I I won't call it high-vibing for you. So you need to
1: high-vibe to even get there. Yes,
0: yes, yes. You know when you like see someone that's just buzzing and they might be dancing on their own or whatever they're doing and you're like, wow, their energy is so attractive.
1: Is that because they've had too much to drink?
0: No, (laughs) no. Oh my God. You're so cynical.
1: I prefer other words. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: You're with me. Okay. It's high vibe. You haven't heard the interview yet. So I think once you listen to it, you may feel a bit differently about it. But look, I am not my mother's daughter when it comes to spirituality, but that's okay. Correct. It should be different.
1: Open to all types here.
0: (laughs) No, you're not. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for joining me. I would love for you to explain how we met. Well,
2: it was a great story how we met. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for having me on here, Hannah. I love you. I'm so grateful for our connection.
0: (laughs) Same. I love that
2: you're launching this podcast. I think it's so important and I love the message that you're sharing with it. So it's, it's really an honor to participate.
0: I'm just, I when I was going to do this, I was like, you were definitely on my hit list because I knew that we could have a conversation that was much more personal because we know so much about each other, even though we are, we met in January, which is crazy. Yes. Wait, it's now September. It's actually quite a long time <laughs> ago. So, yeah, I'd love to hear, before we get into sort of your background, I would love to hear your side of how we met. Well,
2: I was in Thailand taking a sabbatical, and it was, you know, like my version of eat, pray, love, uh, journey around Thailand. It was a dream I had for many years, and all of my friends had told me, you know, to go to the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. so I was so excited to to finally get there because I was having the experience while I was so loving Thailand you know, I was surrounded by a lot of families and couples and that type of thing because it was during the Christmas holiday, which I didn't necessarily plan on. I'm used to doing things alone, but it's just, you know, a different experience in that way. So by the time I arrived to the sanctuary, I was like, where are my people? <laughs> where are my fellow travelers to connect with? And I was having these pangs of loneliness, which Same. isn't something that I normally have. And and I remember I looked over at the concierge desk. Cause we were both in the hotel or the, you know, the front. It's not area. really a
0: hotel, is it? It's, it's like bungalows and it's a
2: bungalow resort. Yeah, yes.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Expensive bungalows, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you were having a conversation with them about something about your bill or being placed in a different bungalow. And I just looked over and I was like, oh, this girl's this girl's <laughs> cool. I knew we were going to be friends. And, you know, we immediately started talking, which was wonderful and then started meeting other people yeah
0: and I remember that first night you and I went to it's like a bar that overlooks the whole of the bay it is so beautiful and I remember which we won't talk too much about but I told you that kind of I had this very synchronous event happen while I was there where I saw someone that I He didn't know me, but I knew who he was. And I was like, I have to tell someone. And I felt that that was the moment where you were like, we just knew we were on the same vibing level. Because you were just, you didn't think I was being crazy. You were like, wow, manifestation. (laughs) Yeah, and it was clearly, there was something there, right? Because you had
2: kept running into this person. So, and it's not always about the person, but maybe what that person represents. represents.
0: (laughs) Yes, I loved I loved that. What's really interesting and why I think the sanctuary is so magical is because I just think of the connection that you can make with another woman in such a short space of time. Because New Year's Eve, remember we did that women's circle. There was three of us that had met. We still catch up on Zoom today. And I was like, it would take me 10 years. To create this level of vulnerability with someone,
2: mm-hmm. is
0: something about that place that kind of magic happens.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's really nestled away in nature. You know, there's no cars or
0: I love the no that cars, kind of
2: external distractions that can happen with urban life. And I think there's a high degree of intentionality there with a lot of people that that place draws. You know, there's a lot yep. of spiritual seekers there, a lot of people looking for a different perspective from their day to day life. So bringing everyone together in that way really creates a different
0: energetic field. It really does. That's that's the only way to describe it. Yeah. It was magical, it wasn't really, it? it? It really was. <laughs> do you feel like you had your eat, pray, love moment?
2: I did. I mean, I have traveled quite a bit by myself, but that was really because it was something I was really wanting to do for so long. Mm. It, it really was a spiritual pilgrimage for me in the sense that, you know, I've gone on other trips where it's a little bit more touristy, mm-hmm. you know, the sense I want to do all the touristy things and take all these pictures. But for me, it was a very much an inner journey, you know, kind of unwinding from my corporate career and stepping more into my my heart's work and just really giving myself time, space, permission to be mm. and to not do.
0: That's a really good segue because I'd really love to hear about you and your story. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of get to where you are today? I met you on the precipice of so much change. <laughs> yeah. We're in a global pandemic now, so things are. Yes. Have, changed. <laughs> things have changed again. We both said we'll meet again in Thailand, but I would just love to hear more about your story.
2: Yes. Well, to sum it up as succinctly as possible, you know, I've been on this spiritual quest, I would say, for over a decade And a huge part for me was really being formed by the fire through years of alcohol addiction. And, you know, those were very, very difficult years in my life. And, you know, by the grace of God, I got sober over 12 years ago and I immediately started really diving into the spiritual realm, especially looking at where psychology intersects with spirituality, because I was really on a mission to save myself, you know, because mm. I had lived to so many years of dark nights of the soul, like feeling very disconnected from myself, who I was, my purpose, my life didn't seem at all a reflection of who I truly was. And it was just such a dark time. And, you know, my quest to start finding support for myself really is what began my journey. And I started a graduate school program in spiritual psychology. That's where I got my master's degree. And, you know, my life started really changing. You know, at first, that was good enough. Like I just felt just so relieved and grateful for the inner work and how my life was changing. And then I just felt like such a calling to help other people, on this path. And so I began my coaching business, you know, about five or six years ago, really with a mission to help women access more of their joy, day to day and to undo these patterns of perfectionism, mm-hmm. of peace, people pleasing, of self doubting. Because, you know, I've seen in my own life, and in those of others, how those things can really block us from the things that we really want, you know, living a life of fulfillment of purpose of day to day happiness. So that's really what my life is dedicated towards is, transformation to living free
0: yeah not
2: just in a, a mind command you know like living free or like saying I'm happy but really embodying the change embodying the transformation you know my own path has informed that path in which I can now help others so I
0: would love to know from the women that you work with and even from your own experience this is not like this started as a dating podcast but it's really turned into much more of a look at life as you Go from being in your 20s, which is just such a different time to then sort of stepping into your 30s. And, and, you know, I think my goal is to have more fun. And so I think that that kind of aligns with rediscovering your joy. What kind of things do you think are the blockers? You said perfectionism. I think that's one that definitely resonates with me. Are there any others that you see come up time and time again?
2: Yes. Well, usually if, you know, we say we want something, And that's not the experience that we're having. There's something in the way, like there's something that needs to be looked at in that gap. And more often than not, it's, you know, unhealed issues, or as my graduate school called like unresolved issues. And those are often from our past, you know, things that form our unconscious thinking, Mm -hmm. and then really deep seated beliefs that we form. And whether we know it or not, we're, we're sending out those signals and the ways that we interact and the type of behavior that we send out that or that we accept from others and this really comes out and especially in the arena of romantic relationships Mm. which is where I see a lot of women suffer because it's a playing ground that has our attention you know that's something Mm. that a lot of us are seeking as these heart-to-heart soul-to-soul relationships and there's more of an awakening around, well, what does partnership really mean and really wanting to have that fulfilling experience, but then deep frustration or discontent with, with not having that and not knowing why. But in my experience, and this is why I'm so dedicated to this work, it's like looking at what is in that gap and really slowing things down in a way with clients that I work with so that we have the time and space to really resolve things once and for all so that the issue can be resolved and we can start having a new experience. And that's why I love your podcast. I love what you're doing with this because it's so easy with our human minds, you know, like we're trained, God bless us all, <laughs> <trained> <laughs> very young, like with our families and the society that the happiness exists outside of ourselves. It's like, especially with women, we get into these patterns of overachieving and doing mm. uh, how we present ourselves in the world. And pursuing these external validations in the hopes that someday somehow that will bring us the sense of peace and fulfillment Yeah, and, you know, or expecting to find it in a man. And for many women, it's a tremendous blessing to have, you know, the family and the, that kind of lifestyle, which is beautiful. And we want to give ourselves permission to know that we are just as whole and complete Without those things, without having oh. a ring on your finger, yes. without a husband or, you know, those things, not that they're bad at all. We want to love and ex- embrace all of these life choices. Yeah. But we're really in a period of awakening. I see where more than ever, and I think the pandemic is part of this, people are waking up to, well, what is my life really about? You know, how can I contribute to the world? Mm. You know, what is my purpose? Yeah, And these were questions that, you know, were really focused on my graduate school, the University of Santa Monica, and that really inspired my own query into these things.
0: I think that it's so, it's so true. And I think that was one of the things that has been the hot, ha- like turning 30, one of the hardest things for me to accept was... Wait, so I was told from a very, very young age and even that if that was through the media but also through my parents and my family, like your kind of goal, yes, career is this thing but aside from career, also getting married and having babies. These are the two things that are like going to contribute to a successful life and that has been playing on my mind now for the last couple of years. Basically, I've been sold this kind of Almost feels like a lie to me because it doesn't feel true to myself that if I'm not married and I don't have babies, my life somehow is less meaningful and I won't find joy and meaning in my life. Mm-hmm. And actually the most joyful and the most meaningful my life has been, has been on my solo trips overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to the sanctuary year after year because I reconnect with myself again and that's, that's the, the most whole I have ever felt. Mm-hmm. Which is which is not I've had boyfriends, I've dated guys, but i don't have never felt as whole as that experience, and I think it's that connection to spirituality that you probably feel as well
2: Yes, well, I'll tell you for me it's a huge piece, you know, especially when I was drinking, and I, you know I, I identify as an alcoholic, like I was really drinking to take myself to another state, you know especially to numb out or to to chase this high, and you know I had zero relationship with spirituality with a relationship for me i define that as something with a higher power however you want to define that for yourself and for me today that is number one the most important relationship and to be as much as i can you know a clear channel of spirit because i see that that's really the high that i'm seeking you mm. know is that relationship with with god or
0: well this higher power thing because this was one of my questions i've gone totally off script as i knew that i would <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to talk about this higher power concept. So, so for me, I guess I, for a long time, have really defined that as sort of that higher self, and I always think of it as like when I'm—I call it. Some people call it high vi- vibrational, but I call it high vibing, which I've I've used that with you before, which means and you've yes. you've seen me high vibing. And that was, I, I really want to talk about that experience that I had, which was, I have this, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I always think I attract men based on where I'm at. If I'm in this high vibing state, I find that the the men that kind of come into my life or that that I connect with are really different to say regular everyday dating that I'm doing when I'm just feeling like overstressed, overworked, Mm -hmm. underslept. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is really, does it start with the way that you're feeling first and foremost?
2: Yes. Well, I love that you're mentioning that because I know that's something that we talked about in Thailand too, was like, it's such a powerful place for you. It's a power center for you. Yes, it is. And your life. And that's why perhaps you keep going back because Mm. you are experiencing these higher feelings there. You're saying high vibing. You know, I know from being there and seeing you there, like you were in a really relaxed state. Mm.
0: That's what my therapist says. What is it about Thailand that you never, anxiety doesn't come as strong. It's not as much of a roller coaster. You say, you sound like you were calm. Yeah, I'm glad that you, that you said that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I really saw you there as relaxed, you know, very connected to your heart Authentically expressing and sharing, you know like you know with you and I were a great example, like it didn't take us long to start mm-hmm. really being really um vulnerable with each other and authentically expressing you know like our fears and our past wounding and hurts and like our dreams, and you know very like heartfelt and vulnerable conversations and I really saw you and your power there Mm. you know you're familiar with the land there and you Mm. felt comfortable and I don't think people say this anymore but I think (laughs) it's still a fun expression to let you know you're letting your freak flag fly you know you were
0: you were dancing
2: yeah I was dancing crazy
0: I always dance crazy there yeah
2: yeah, I was, I was too. And I think also in going somewhere like that, it unconsciously sends a signal, you know, to our, our basic selves, to some part of us that, you know, I give myself permission to relax, mm. to really let myself be. And maybe it takes a little bit of time to do or all different. It depends on kind of what's going on inside. But the fact that you really, some part of you knows when you go there, you're going to have some type of experience like that. And for you, it's a really beautiful reference point because you know that you're capable of being in that state of Mm. of being so relaxed, of being in your power. And for me, you know, and a lot of spiritual teachers talk about this also, but our presence is our power, you know, and especially as women, like when we're relaxed, when we are in our hearts, like more in our bodies, like bringing our energy down from our mind, a lot of us can get into overthinking and negative future fantasy or ruminating about the past.
0: Yes. The, oh, like, the future fantasy is so true. Yes. Yeah.
2: And a lot of us get caught up in fantasy. I mean, I include yeah, myself in too. all of this. And it's like learning to scale ourselves back and really drop into our bodies and the wisdom that resides there. I mean, there's just so much power there for us. And really trusting that that's enough. Mm-hmm. And again, that, you know, that ties in with what we were talking about earlier with overdoing, you know, like a lot of us think we need to be doing all these things and having all these achievements to somehow be valuable or to be worthy. And when we look at well, what's really operating behind that and heal those things and start to really act differently to give ourselves permission to be and know that that's more than enough, mm. you know, really real change happens yeah so it's not a surprise to me that you're starting to call in these men that were
0: qualified suitors well I mean for a holiday that was suitable for the holiday but I I think that the one experience that the reference point for me was remember we went we both went and saw May Mm -hmm. she I don't know how to describe her she does a like a numerology reading and then a tarot reading and then you and then you do a massage but she's very much connected into I don't know she's really like reading. I guess how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I had a two hour session with her, and I, this all came out and I started crying, and it was all about finding someone, and I'm never going to meet someone. And she could just see the fear and the pain. And something happened in that session, and I left. I remember telling you all about it. I went back to the restaurant, and that, those two like hot guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who I'd bet like we were like, who, who are these new hot guys right. to the island? They came over to my table and I was just I it's like I was on drugs, but I wasn't. I was just right. high from this experience. And they're like, hey, can we come have dinner with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And because I wasn't expecting anything, it just was this amazing night. And then I did end up hooking up with one of the other guys the next night. And it was just such a beautiful experience. And I remember telling you about it and I just was like, wow, that was just very different to anything I've experienced back home. Yeah.
2: And what may I ask, did it show you? Like what was the takeaway for you? It,
0: it really, oh God, so many things. I think that, so May had said to me, she said, Love is like cooking. If the flame's too high, you're gonna burn your dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that really stuck with me. She's like, there's so much fire. You probably it's and I do feel like this. I, I probably come on really strong. And for someone that's you know really relaxed and chilled and spiritual and all the things that I'm looking for, it's probably like, whoa, this energy is too much. That's what I got from that experience, I think, because the heat went down after seeing May and I was like, oh, relaxed.
2: Yeah. Well, I love your personality. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's beautiful. You have a wonderful way of expressing yourself. And, you know, there's something there too. It sounds like with like letting yourself be, you know.
0: and Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes on dates in Melbourne, if I think about the difference is that it's it kind of feels like an interview and I feel like I'm playing the part of the woman that wants to get married. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Thailand, I was playing the the role of a woman that wanted to get laid. <laughs> I wasn't playing <laughs> I wasn't playing the role, that's what I wanted, you know? And so there was something about all that shit just falling away that really made me feel like I could be myself. Yeah. And when I go on dates here, I think I feel like I'm playing the part that I've been conditioned to play.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you've had any experience with that. I would love to hear.
2: Well, I think it's a really revelatory statement what you're sharing. I love your self-honesty and your reflection about it because it's like if Thailand is a reference point, you know, like, you know, you're fully capable of experiencing that no matter where you are. Mm. but. It's like the difference, what gets in the way of having the authentic experience with dating at home in Melbourne. Mm. It sounds like is this, this pressure that's starting to be activated inside of yourself where you're not really showing up. Like it's more of a, maybe a calculated risk situation and like trying to assess if someone's a good, you know, partner or
0: not. Or, and I think that there's a lot of men as well that I've been on dates with that have responsibilities and have families and have baggage. And I think that that adds a lot of complexity for me and what I truly want. I want to have a lot of freedom and I want to be able to travel a lot. So there is complexity that's added, I think, when you're putting pressure on something to be more than just a first date.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm such a fan and that's my invitation to you (laughs) is, you know, to really embrace the process Mm -hmm. and to have as much fun with it because, you know and that's something that you know i work with within myself you know and also with with women that i work with so that it's not this distant experience of meeting someone and being relaxed and happy and having the ideal partner mm-hmm. but it's like embodying your essence embodying who you are letting yourself really shine mm-hmm. on dates and bringing that experience into the now and having so much fun with it, you know, and, and that's where ironically, it's like when we detach and really give ourselves that permission, we can actually call on more of the experiences that we're, that we're really seeking too.
0: And I think that the other thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is you've spoken about your sobriety and you've been sober for 12 years now. So you probably got a bit of experience in here. Something else that i didn't mention earlier was that when those guys came to my table I was just drinking coconut water Mm. because I was just having a coconut water day and there was something my energy had shifted to such a degree because I'd been on the island for about a week that it just I was able to be myself which is a big fear thing for me in front of men right feel quite blocked there so I'd really love to hear about you know your first experiences with sober dating and how you feel about it now.
2: Gosh, well, it's such a rich, such a rich topic. I And I love that you're going there, you know, with sobriety and, and dating. And perhaps it's a little bit unpopular, too, because there's so much that's attached to dating with the alcohol scene, you know, most dates happen in bars, you know, or the majority of them, and alcohol is seen as this social lubricant, you know, to kind of help take the edge off or facilitate conversation or if you're not totally into it, maybe it just helps give a little bit of a buzz to get through the evening or whatever. And a lot of us, like what you're saying, you know, have had these paired together, the checking out maybe with some kind of alcohol or something else and then with with sex. And there's a a lot of us have issues around sex or have had experiences there or, you know, it's not always maybe a, a safe and easy territory for people. I know for me personally, you know, it's been a huge journey Mm -hmm. from my personal experience. You know, my own story was that, you know, I never had sex without a drink and they were completely tied together. And for me, drinking gave me the permission to really let my hair down, to be this wild woman. You know, I felt like I got more attention from men. I just felt so much more free. I know today it wasn't about the drink. It was about my own self. Holding myself back, you know, it's not the drinking, but the thinking, but the bottle for me was really the portal to this idea of freedom. And it was absolutely terrifying when I finally got sober and put all of that down, Mm. you know, and ultimately what I was most afraid to admit that I had a drinking problem is what set me those most free because it opened up this whole other realm of there was less of a filter between myself and the world. And that's why I just love coaching. I love the work of personal development because. It's like, how do I live in this body and be in this world and live as free as I can? Mm. You know, and for me, freedom is just unconditional love and acceptance of myself, of my experiences, of my past. You know, of who I am, of all the emotions that come up, of all these voices that come in, like what you're speaking about with dating and being a little bit different around men. Mm. You know, that's so normal, you know, because we all have these conditionings around that. And we can feel nervous talking to a guy or feel like we have to present ourselves a certain way. So it's like, how do we bring all this into the light of our awareness and really make peace with things? So that we can show up integrated and embodied and confident, you know, because our confidence is so sexy, you know, as women.
0: I love that. um,
2: Yeah. And it's always mystified me about myself. (laughs) It's like, how could I, you know, how could I let myself just get so thrown off center by being around a guy, you know, it's like, well, what's going on there? Yeah. But going back to the, you know, I started having, I was in a relationship when I got sober and I remember the first time I had sober sex and how terrified I was. And I was like, w- Will he still like me? Will this still be good? Will I enjoy it? Like, what? WTF am I gonna do? And it's been such a transformational journey. Whereas for now, I can't even imagine filtering the experience in any way because it's become such a part of part of who I am. You know, on dates, it's still there's still nerves that can come up, but. I think for me, the most important part has really been the the inner work because it is such an inner job and really learning not just as information, but as an embodied truth that relationships are sacred mirrors. And so so really looking at like, you know, and it could be a friend or it could be a partner. It really comes up with romantic relationships because, you know, there's hormones involved and sex and a lot of our core wounding is triggered. And romantic relationships, but it's like, what is this person mirroring back to me? Like, what? Why did I call this in to my world? And I really credit my work with one of my biggest mentors, Gabriella Taylor, who created extraordinary love programs, but who really helped me to kind of look at the gaps and what I say I wanted and what's actually happening, and and how to like I was talking about earlier make that gap smaller so that I could be my authentic best and attract more people that are reflections of my reflections of my light versus my shadow. Cause we all have the shadow and the light within us, but it's like with what are we leading with? And an example of this is, you know, I used to call in men, especially when I first got sober. And then for years into my sobriety and I hit a huge bottom around love and romance around year five I'm totally sober right and I'm ended this really toxic relationship and I'm like okay I know I know better I learned my lessons like I'm gonna find an incredible man and you know I kept calling in suitors who were basically emotionally unavailable they're like well I'd like to date you but I'd also like to date this other person or you know I I like you but not enough to like actually date monogamously and Mm. I was like gosh this is This is really uncomfortable, especially because I was starting my spiritual, you know, I was fully involved at that point in my spiritual psychology work. So I had a lot of awareness, but my experiences weren't matching up. So I had to look in the mirror, you know, with this concept of relationships being a mirror and looking at, well, what is this reflecting back to me that what, how am I unavailable within myself? And doing that work is really what shifted things. For me in terms of looking at ways that I was abandoning myself, mm. not speaking up for my own needs or wants, being a real chameleon with dating, like kind of molding myself to the guy, but not really showing up as mm. who I was. So there's these little th- things that we do as women that really short circuit our own power. And the more that I started doing that work and really gave myself permission to show up in- as who I really was, to-, to continue to heal the past where. Where some of that conditioning was still holding me back. Uh, that's when I started having a different, different
0: experience. I could just listen to you talk about this forever. <laughs> well, it's such a big topic. Well, I'll have to get you on again to talk about a different topic. I just think there's so much wisdom that I just would, that that needs to be shared. It's really amazing. And the last question that I had for you was, and. And you actually said this to me. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. I think you said, you know, I'm 39, and at this point in my life, I am. And and you and you mentioned before that you've kind of been doing this work for 10 years, over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you started this work just before your 30s, and at 39, you said that I know what I want, and I'm going to wait, and and like I'm willing to wait. Mm-hmm. And I guess someone that you introduced me to was Chris, Christina. Hassler? Is that Christine Hassler, yes. Christine Hassler. And she talks about manifesting, I guess, like a conscious relationship. But I'd really love to hear your thoughts. Are you like manifesting the relationship that you deserve? Is that what you're doing or you're really, you know, you're waiting because you don't want to like settle? Like what does that kind of mean for you at this point in your life?
2: Yeah, well, Christine and I went to the same graduate school uh, that I talked about at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So we had a, a similar education in a lot of these things. And I, I think if she were listening, she would agree uh, that it all comes down to the inner work. And so for me, I'm in an, at this point in my life, I'm absolutely, you know, in a place of calling in that that partner of who mm-hmm. I see as a match for my inner brilliance and light. You know, someone that mm-hmm. I actually can see myself supporting each other and living a life together. And I've never felt like I know that that's happening it wasn't my timeline, you know, because I thought, you know, I had a conversation with someone about this earlier, like I thought I would have met him years ago. But I will tell you, it's like, thank goodness, I haven't met him yet until now, because I just have have had so much of a transformational journey, so many, so many things to heal within myself. I had a lot to come to peace with, to really be myself, to really allow my authenticity to shine, to find out who I really was. Uh, For me, a big part of this was codependency. So just really my big theme, and we all have a different theme, you know, if you want to look at it like as a song, like we all have a (laughs) theme, you know, with love and romance. And for me, like as a really good recovering codependent, it was losing myself in love Mm. and really losing my values, losing what was important to me, and then becoming very resentful. And we all have these different themes. Like perhaps your theme is not, you know, speaking up for your needs or wants or...
0: Or, um, I think when you said we all have a theme, it just struck me really quickly what mine was. And I think it's a real inability to just be my true authentic self in many areas of my life, but particularly with men. Yes. I'm worried, worried that it's not what I'm meant to be doing, or I'm not meant to be saying this or doing this or, you know, and that I think would be my theme. I like that. I encourage everyone listening to think about what their theme is. What's their theme song? <laughs> well, yeah, what it was
2: of the past and what it is that they're stepping into in the future. Because uh, mm. for me, it's like calling in that reciprocal love and really allowing myself to to be uh, and to not to not go into these older patterns that were really holding me back. And I think you know, as corny as it sounds, really falling in love with ourselves is so important. That's been a huge part of my own journey is really coming into such a loving acceptance of myself and knowing that our relationship with ourselves is a mirror of how we are with other people. So not waiting. It's like we don't need a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or wife, you know, to, to not wait for that. To come in, it's like to practice now, like right now. A big thing for me is practicing my boundaries with friendships, you know, and people that Mm -hmm. I I, that there's that intimacy with, where it's like, hey, like I'm really hungry. Actually, right now, I'm not going to be able to pick you up in ten minutes, or, you know, I really, I at work, like I really need to place limits around working, so I'm not in this pattern of overworking, and all of that. It's it's not separate. It's really. It's all the same. So I think that's important also as we begin this work of, of calling in someone or the process of manifesting a, a conscious relationship is having that awareness that it starts with us, mm. you know, being willing to see ourselves with the eyes of love, not from the eyes of um, criticism or judgment mm. and being brave in how we practice, you know, and like for you, it could be really a good exercise exercise. To go out on like 10 dates and to, and to be completely, it's like your, your, your commitment is I am just going to completely be myself. I'm oh. going to be totally out there, you know, like maybe wear a costume or just
0: like, so push the bounds. Just so Oh you're... my God. I so need to do that. I just need to do like 10 dates in a row. And I'm just, my, mm-hmm. my goal isn't to meet someone. My goal is to be myself. Absolutely. Oh, th- and you could turn it into an
2: Instagram series too. So you're welcome. A- actually, <laughs> yeah. this is such
0: a good idea. That's actually a really good, that's a really good project and something to, to challenge ourselves to do and to go in with it with the view that I'm going to learn something from this. I'm not going to meet my husband.
2: Yeah, well, and that's my whole thing. And that's, you know, a huge part of, my work is using everything for our learning upliftment and growth. And mm. it's it's very rarely about the thing, you know, or the issue or whatever it is. It's how we relate to ourselves as we go through the issue. It was a huge part of my graduate school's teaching. Yeah. And I think it's so important. So for you to just be, it's like, okay, this is my commitment to myself. I'm going to be doing these dates. Like if I get scared, it's okay. Like I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think I shared with you, I I identify as a burner. I go to Bernie Man Sober. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So any burners out there? Hello. And, you know, one year I finally left that addictive relationship and I, you know, married myself in a ceremony. I think it was in 2010. And it's not that that precludes me from marrying the love of my life one day. I can't. I look forward to that day very much. But for me, it was looking into my eyes in the mirror and I took vows to myself, looking into my own eyes. Saying, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, it was such a moving ex- I was in this little teepee in the middle of nowhere in the desert, you know, and I was yeah. wearing this big red tutu and a bra, you know, I was like, half naked, but in this tutu. And I, I said, I will, I will cherish you. I will always respect you. You know, I will not mm. abandon you. Because a big pattern for me had been abandoning myself and neglecting myself. And it was like, looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I'm willing to love you enough that I won't go into those patterns again. Hmm. And all I can say is, you know, that was a huge moment for me. I did resonate the marriage in the desert
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) by myself.
2: (laughs) But you know what, Hannah? Actually, I'm just remembering this right now. Uh, an extraordinary man actually biked up to me after that ceremony and we ended yes. up dating for a little bit after. And I, <laughs> so that's what we were speaking about earlier. I had actually found about yeah. the story, but. Yeah. Oh,
0: know, I he just was, love that story. Yeah. And he was really literally my
2: dream boat in terms of physical appearance. Yeah. You know, it ended up not
0: being the match, but
2: <laughs> it was such a sign from the universe that when we yeah. show up for ourselves, when we make that commitment you know and it's a daily commitment over and over again mm. to be willing to value ourselves and our experience to really honor ourselves and our path and mm. you know for anyone listening and having any level of judgment within themselves about being x age and not being married or having a partner or maybe even single you know for 20 years it's like really making the commitment to honor yourself and all of your experience no matter what, to love yourself, no matter what. That is when we really feel that, we don't just tell ourselves, but we actually feel it.
0: Oh my God. And I really think you just hit, you really hit on something for me just then. And, and we'll finish on this is that, you know, that judgment, cause I've been single, I think for the last, I mean, I've dated guys for a couple of months here and there, but I think I've been really truly single six, seven, seven, seven years probably. And I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of judgment around that. And I judge myself and I am embarrassed about it, I think. But I think what you just said was you could date someone your entire life. You could be in back-to-back relationships for 20 years. But what if you never know yourself and you've never had a relationship with yourself in that whole time? I've been on this quest for the last few years and I think it's been more important to get to know myself and to know who I really am and to be confident enough to show my true self to other people has been, you know, if I'd been in relationships for the last seven years, I may never have had the courage to do that and to do it on a podcast. Absolutely. So I've still got a lot of work to do, but I think it feels like the right path for me right now.
2: Absolutely. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which I'll paraphrase, but it's yeah. that it takes great courage to see the face of God. Because we must first see ourselves, Mm. you know, and it's like what you're saying, like really coming into peace with yourself. And it's like laying down the comparison, laying down the judgment, just bringing in self-forgiveness and just such confidence and and faith in yourself. Mm. And also that the universe is supporting you, like even if it doesn't seem like it, because maybe he's not here, but trusting you're on your perfect path. And that everything is being organized around your most heartfelt desires. And, you know, for me, that's part of being ability to relax. You know, it's like when I acknowledge that truth, that it's not just me in this game. You know, this goes back to the higher power topic, too, that, mm. that was brought up earlier. But knowing that we're we're very, very powerful co-creators and doing our part, you know, to heal the past, to show up for ourselves, to take inspired action, like going on 10 dates <laughs>
0: really authentically like you know I was actually thinking why don't I bring you back on and let's discuss what oh, happened oh I love that <laughs> yes yes. that oh. would be such an interesting experiment like what a great experiment to do on this podcast I'm I'm down for it let's do it
2: well let's bookmark this moment <laughs> yeah and we'll me... see how it feels you know <laughs> when after this grand experiment and that's that's the last part of that thought was just like we do our part. And in my experience, God, higher power, universe, whatever the name is for you, meets us more than halfway. Mm. The energy of grace is present. You know, miracles happen. You know, there's this whole other level of unseen support that's available for us. And really, really just coming into such loving acceptance mm. and embrace for ourselves and our human experience here. And it's like what a powerful time to be doing that, you know, during this pandemic, I think that personally that's part of what's happening right Mm. now because there really is an awakening happening. Um, Mm. In a way, a lot of the – on this big pause, people are really looking at these bigger questions and we get get to meet ourselves. We get to see ourselves. We get to challenge ourselves and have different experiences. I guess that's the last thing I'll say too, like no matter what someone's story in love was or no matter what your story in life was – it's always possible to have a different experience. Healing is always possible. Transformation is always possible. And some things might take a little bit longer and some things don't. You know, sometimes you just have an insight or a shift and you start having a whole new experience. Mm. So all of these things are available to us. And and that's what I keep coming back for uh, because I just think it's limitless where we can go
0: i've just thank you i just thank you so much for this i have had goosebumps pretty much the entire time (laughs) i've loved this thank you so much well thank you so much (laughs) So, Linda, you're back. Have we changed your mind at all on spirituality? I
1: survived the high vibing and manifestation. (laughs) But what I could not believe was Bonnie married herself in the desert. That is the thing that stuck with me because I've been watching Glee on Netflix circa 2010. And Sue Sylvester, for those that don't know, Jane Lynch plays her, marries herself in an Adidas tracksuit wedding dress. (laughs) Dearly beloved, we are gathered today to join Sue Sylvester and Sue Sylvester in holy matrimony. This is insane. Yeah. I just thought it was some wacky sort of clever piece of writing, but I've checked now on this and it's actually got a name, Sylogamy. Sologamy or self-marriage. Who knew? And I wanted to ask you, is that something that you've ever considered? Have you ever heard
0: of it? I'd heard the story of Bonnie in the desert marrying herself and I thought it was really beautiful, but I think it was more she was making a commitment to herself, Yes, which I agree with. Commit to yourself first. You never would have had the time or space to work on yourself before you got married. I
1: have done absolutely no work on myself. (laughs) This is what this podcast is all
0: about, Linda. So maybe we'll change your mind and we'll have you on our spiritual bandwagon.
1: Uh, somehow at my age, I think it's too have far you, gone, but ha- I will listen. Have you
0: ever meditated? Oh,
1: God. <laughs> I'm no good at just, I I can't just sit there and get into my own head and, and I haven't really enjoyed yoga. I just get so bored. I'm so boring. I can't just sit and meditate with myself.
0: Crikey. You've got no thoughts in your head. No. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad you know that about yourself. Yeah. Either. Now, let's get on to the challenge from last week. So I had to upgrade to a video chat, which I did. I haven't had the video chat yet, but I was on Hinge one night and I remembered Audrey's advice and she said, don't go on dating apps unless you're going to be intentional. Like I am going to say hello and I'm going to mean it.
1: Just not mindless texting.
0: No mindless bullshit. I was actually going to... Talk to someone that looked like we had similar interests. Anyway, I did that. Hang on. Is this on video? No, no, no. This is just chatting on Hinge. Because I needed to find someone to say upgrade to a video chat. He was from Israel. So we had a lot in common because I've spent time there and got family there. And we chatted for about an hour. And then the next day we started chatting again. And then the next day, and I thought, Audrey said, you got to get off the apps. I wrote a message and I said, hey, would you be free for a video chat sometime? And he said, yeah, that sounds good. So that's as far as I've gotten, but I... Will have the video date, so you I just sort of have. Update.
1: You've half done the challenge.
0: I know. I'm still getting past my weirdness about video chatting, but I've done the first step.
1: So, hey, I've got a challenge for you. Yes, sure. To add to the next challenge, which <laughs> sounded hard. Yes. So- what, what was the last challenge? Ten days. So
0: Bonnie's challenge was to go on ten dates, and the only objective is to be yourself. But what I'm going to do is for this week is I'm just gonna set it at one because I feel like I could only do one and I'll work up to ten because I want to have Bunny back on. Okay so my
1: challenge yeah for you is that for the next
0: we could only have no no
1: yeah for the next episode you do not mention Thailand. Oh (laughs) (laughs) I was actually gonna go back I was gonna go back and was it annoying you it could have been a (laughs) hundred times I was going to go back to the beginning and (laughs) actually count them all, but anyway, pretty funny.
0: Do you know what's going to start happening is I'm going to start getting reviews that is going to say, can Hannah shut up and stop talking about Thailand? Eventually that will happen. Well, there
1: you go. There's my challenge.
0: (laughs) But the actual challenge for this week is to go on one date and to the only goal of that date it's not to meet someone it's not to kiss it's not to have sex it's not to do anything the only goal of that date is to turn up as myself and for anyone else listening restrictions are no longer in melbourne you can Perfect go on a date mm. so your challenge is to go on a date and the only goal of that date is to turn up as yourself
1: and do you do you know how to do that <laughs> if you haven't done it before. How do, how do you even do that?
0: So, well, I think the thing is that you you go in with the mindset of, okay, this date isn't about him or me pretending to be someone else, or you're just there to be yourself and talk about, you know, the things that you would talk about with just a friend or someone that you've met, you know, overseas or whatever. Try
1: not to get excited if they've got great teeth. <laughs>
0: glowing dark hair (laughs) well it's more about the fact that you're not setting any expectation and also it's just about practice you're just practicing doing something Mm. all you've got to do is just practice being yourself because I sometimes pretend to be someone sexier and funnier than I am so I'm just going to go and be myself good I like that (laughs) If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.